Blog Talk Radio. Tonight on Dr. Anonymous Show 191, that's right, this is my first weekend this month here at Dr. Anonymous World Headquarters. <laughs> it is Saturday night with Dr. A and Kat. We'll be uh, talking about uh, some news stories. We'll be talking about our week. I've had a busy week this week. I'm sure Kat has had a busy week, too. We're here for the next two hours or until I give up. <laughs> so we'll talk about that and a lot more coming up on the Dr. Anonymous Show starting right now. Welcome to the show that is passionate about medicine and social media. This is the Dr. Anonymous show live on a Saturday night here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Mike Sevilla and I am Dr. Anonymous. To find out more information about me, just type Dr. Anonymous into your favorite search engine. That should be the top link over there. You can also go to DrAnonymous.com. That brings you the most current show schedule. Some blog posts, which I've had a lot of this week, and some interviews that I've had, especially this week. Check those out over there. You can also go to DrAnonymous.net. Shout out to all 288 people who like the show, who are friends of the show. However, Facebook does that now. Also, some exclusive behind-the-scenes video of me doing this show. You can also go to DrAnonymous.org. That gives you to the iTunes page where you can subscribe to this show. Get all you can to me. I know, very exciting. You can also listen to this show in real time on your uh, <laughs> favorite mobile device. 
whether that's your iPhone, BlackBerry, Palm Free, Droid, Windows 7 phone. Of course, it doesn't come out until next month, I think, so whatever. Uh, but uh, today is Saturday, October 23rd, 2010. It is 10 p.m. Eastern Time, and it is 58 degrees Fahrenheit here at Dr. Anonymous World Headquarters. We have a great show for you here tonight. Yes, I am back at Dr. Anonymous World Headquarters. We'll be talking about that, <laughs> about where the heck I've been. I know if you've been listening the last couple of Saturday nights, I've been out of town, but I am back home here. We have Cat coming up in a little bit. We'll be talking about some news stories, maybe some entertainment stories, current events, sports, whatever. <laughs> we'll be here for the next two hours. I want to give a big shout-out to all the multitaskers out there who are uh, listening to the show and doing something else. Appreciate that. But before we get to all that, I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for featuring the show again here this evening on the front page. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. I have been a social media hobbyist slash enthusiast since 2005. Dr. Anonymous is the name I started blogging under, and as you know, I'm no longer anonymous, but what's my real name, huh? Huh? Can't think of it, really. (laughs) I guess I keep Dr. Anonymous to represent all those doctors out there who are not on social media but need to be. And if you're curious, yes, I am a real doctor. I'm a family physician in full-time private practice here in beautiful northeastern Ohio, And if you're listening live, usually you can see my shining face here on the Blog Talk Radio webcam, but tonight (laughs) the webcam's not working here at BTR, so uh, I put the link there in the chat room. You can go to doctrinonymous.tv. That brings you the uh, video feed, but the audio feed stays over here. And if you're wondering, yes, the audio feed and video feed, they do not not sync up, but uh, you'll be able to see me anyway over there. Uh, before I go to the break, I want to give a big shout-out to the people in my chat room. Here we have a guest. Shout-out to the guest. If you register here at the Block Talk Radio site, you'll be able to type in the chat room and make fun of me like everyone else, including <laughs> the J-Man. We have Kimmy. We have uh, Liz also in our chat room here this evening. So thank you all for uh, joining me here uh, tonight. And uh, I will go to the break here, and after the break, we'll uh, bring on cats, and we will get this party started. (laughs) You're listening to the Dodger Anonymous Show, a member of the Family Medicine Education Consortium. You can get there by going to fmec.net, and also a member of the Better Health Network at getbetterhealth.com. And also a member of the ProMed Network, a podcast. You can get there by going to ProMedNetwork.com. The night shift starts right after this.
back to the Dr. Anonymous show on a Saturday night. On the line we have with us right now, of course, returning <laughs> on a Saturday night is our good friend Kat. Kat, welcome back to the show, my dear. And live from Blog Talk Radio, it's Saturday night! <laughs> hey, Dr. Anonymous. Hey, let's come back. We want to go home. I'm in a pretty good mood for having the Tigers lost today. My LSU Tigers lost. I'm very sad about yeah. that. Uh, went down right to the wire there, uh, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but we played Auburn, so, I mean, you know, I I kind of was sort of expecting it. You know, or I'm not, I don't want to say expecting it, but I didn't keep my hopes up. Let me put it that way. Ah, okay. So, at least we didn't lose to, what was it, who who did we play last week? McNabb or McDeal or McNeil? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it was, who I believe played. it was uh, McNeese State, I believe that was, that's uh, what it was. Yeah. McNeese. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been worse. She could have been the number one team in the country and then lost. So whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And y'all kicked some butt today, I saw. Well, we won today. You know, we're down to number ten in the ranking, so I think it's over. But yes, forty-nine to zero. The the Ohio State uh, Buckeyes. Let me see. Do they still have this here? Let's see. Help us play five seconds. Let's see what we got. to ATC Sandra and to Health Train and to Neo Nurse Chick, who we'll talk about in a little bit. So I know that we'll uh, probably be getting uh, some updates about the Giants and Phillies game going on right now live. So uh, I've been tracking that on Twitter for the past uh, hour or so. So uh, that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Down to the wires. Down to the wires. Uh, and yes, and the Yankees lost. So uh, you know, all you Yankees fans. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> you know, as you know, I'm not a big like baseball fan at all. But uh, because I follow some, uh, you know, Twitterers that are follow baseball, I've been keeping up. Even though, you know, like if I wasn't on Twitter, I'd have no idea what was going on at all. But. Uh, the fact that the Texas Rangers are going to the, the World Series is pretty cool, I guess. I mean, I'm in Texas, so I guess I need to root for the Rangers, right? All right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I love yeah. Nolan Ryan, so I love Nolan Ryan, so. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I, so I, I've so met him uh, before. 
<laughs> so, did, did you have a good week? Uh, I mean, I know what we'll talk about during the course of the show, but uh, it's, uh, everything going okay this week there with you, Kat? Yeah, um, I worked Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and they were pretty busy days. I mean, we're still busy like normal, but it's, it's getting a little bit better. Uh, we usually start slowing down around Christmas, you know, the winter months, like I said before. They said Christmas time is usually like um, almost dead. It's like really, you know, I don't know. I guess they only have, you know, a few hundred births a month instead of like a thousand. I don't know how many they have a month. I don't know. It's just insane. But, uh, yeah, it's getting a little bit better, and, you know, I look forward to when it starts slowing down a little more because when I say slow down, you know, where I'm at, it, it won't be like we're sitting the whole shift. But it'll be a nice pace where we're busy, but not too busy where you feel overwhelmed, you know. Because uh, I like the fact, the one thing I do like about being busy at work is that the day goes by quick. You know, I don't like being bored either. So, but it's just like, it's one thing to be busy. It's another thing to be overwhelmed. But, oh, right. Right. Yeah. So, like, you can't get your work done. And apparently everybody at work, not everybody, but a lot of people at work, we've been getting letters because people are clocking out late. So, you know, you get you get in trouble if you clock in, if, you, if you're late to work and if you clock out late. And I don't have a problem with getting to work on time, but as you know, sometimes I have a problem getting out on time. <laughs> so, right. but, but a bunch of people got, you know, reprimanded for it. So it's not just me, but uh, what I decided to do, and it's been helping to get me out on time, is that, because see, you know, as you know, in the hospital, it's a 24-hour job. But as any nurse out there knows, I don't know if doctors are the same, usually the shift coming on will be mad if you don't have something done that they think you should have done, you know. Oh, Uh, come on. Yeah, (laughs) like that. You know, they, they wouldn't dump stuff on you guys, would they? No, not at all. <laughs> well, they do, and then they get mad if they think you dumped something on them, you know. So I've just gotten to the point where I'm not going to worry so much if, if I can't get every single thing done on time, you know. If I can't, you know, I can always go back to saying, hey, I'm not going to get in trouble for not being finished on time, you know. And so I kind of stopped trying to be super nurse and it's helping me get out on time. So I'm very happy about that, you know. Uh, but it, it's funny to get in trouble for doing a good job because to me it's like nobody wants to be there late. Nobody wants to be there later than they have to be. I know I don't. So you're getting in trouble for trying to do a good job, which I think is funny, right. you know. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'd rather get in trouble for trying to do too much rather than not doing enough, you know. <laughs> but I'm getting out on time more now because I'm just not I'm not gonna let their you know, their faces their their snotty faces get to me if they're mad that I didn't get something done. I'm just not you know, right. I, I I've I've made it a point by at six fifteen because the the new shift comes on at six forty five. By six fifteen I'm just charting. I'm not gonna do anything else unless it's like an emergency. <laughs> I'm just charting and getting finished with my work. So, sorry about blathering on about that. No, 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 no. I mean, uh, you know, 
Kimmy and Neil Nurschick are, are, are talking in the chat room. They said they'd never get out on time. And Kimmy says, Cat speaks the truth. And uh, and uh, Neil Nurschick is saying, Art Unit is pretty tough uh, at this, so fellow nurses. So they they they, uh, they feel where you're coming from there, Cat. So, uh, so there you go. Yeah, I know they. I know for sure they understand what I'm going through. Because, like I said, I don't know how doc. I don't know if y- because y'all don't really. I know y'all give report to each other sometimes. At least like neonatologists do, but it's not like you have to pass on work, right? Or do you? I oh no, you, no. There's right? dumpage that goes on. Oh, there is dumpage. <laughs> there is dumpage that goes on. Yeah. Oh yeah, it happens. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, I guess there is. So, I, I had to think about that, but that's true. There is. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it happens to everybody. Um, all right. Why do we? Uh, we take a break? And then, so tonight, so, uh, so I gave Cat some of the stories, and I, I gave didn't give Cat some of the stories. So, what? Gosh, that could be surprised. You're going to be surprised. So, well, so we have some uh, medical slash health stories. We have some entertainment news. We have some other news. I have some audio clips, which I had time to download or upload today, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, so uh, we'll continue. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about some, uh, some uh, uh, medical stories here uh, after the break. So uh, it's uh, Dr. Ann Cat here on a Saturday night. We'll be right back here on the Dr. Anonymous show. Uh, we'll be right back. Dr. Anonymous show live on Blog Talk Radio, and uh, the first story I have here, Kat, uh, just it it's, uh, came out this week, kind of tragic, kind of sad. Uh, um, Haiti is back in the news here uh, this week, and because uh, an outbreak of cholera and infectious disease uh, has broken out there, I'll read this story here, and I do have an audio clip here too. So this is from the Miami Herald. Uh, cholera kills 194, sickens thousands. Uh, the number of Haitians infected with cholera and cholera-like symptoms continued to mount uh, Saturday as panic spread that the deadly disease could reach 
the quake battered capital where thousands of people are living in unsanitary camps. Meanwhile, government officials and international aid workers ask people to remain calm but stay vigilant and to be sure to wash their hands with soap and to stay out of rivers. As of Friday evening, the Haitian government reported that 2,364 Haitians have been hospitalized for cholera uh, throughout the affected region in central Haiti, and 194 have died. And let me play this clip here, uh, audio clip here, and then we'll talk about it. It's the latest form of misery in earthquake-ravaged Haiti. A cholera outbreak has left over 140 people dead. It's the deadliest health problem since a devastating earthquake hit the impoverished nation in January. Aid agencies are scrambling to get emergency medicine and supplies to the island nation. We have a lot of people. The problem is down in the fifth section in Bocosel, Balagay, Lubin, Poirier. And they're forcing everybody to come up here to St. Nicolai. I raced this guy up here and he just died now as I came to the gate and they told him no. The outbreak is in a rural area which absorbed thousands of people after this year's earthquake. Many of the sick are converging on St. Nicholas Hospital in St. Mark. Hundreds lay on blankets in a parking lot with intravenous drips in their arms. More than a thousand people are hospitalized. Health officials are warning people to be vigilant about hygiene and washing their hands frequently to slow the spread of the disease. Cholera is a waterborne infection spread through contaminated water. It causes severe diarrhea and vomiting that can lead to dehydration and death within hours. Doctors at the St. Mark Hospital are asking for more personnel to handle the flood of patients. Diane Kepley, The Associated Press. Uh, so it's pretty sad, uh, you know that uh, you know that nation out there. Is, uh, that's uh, that's the last thing that they need. I've had a lot of friends who have uh, went out there to volunteer and and to uh, you know give medical care to the Haitian people out there. But uh, um, hearing this story this week, Cat, uh, it's just uh, it's, it's it's sad. I know it's uh, cholera mostly affects like the third world countries, right? I mean because of the it's the contaminated water. Now, let's say someone gets cholera from contaminated water. Is it is are they getting are they all getting it because of the water or can one person spread it to another? Like is it I think it's, I, th- I think it's mostly due to the uh to to the water supply. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm reading here from the uh uh the CDC uh website. Um Severe cholera is characterized by acute, profuse, watery diarrhea described as uh, rice water stools and often vomiting, leading to severe dehydration, and that's how people die because of the uh, dehydration. Signs and symptoms include rapid heart rate, loss of skin, elasticity, dry mucous membranes, low blood pressure, and thirst, and uh, also people get sick because of the severe electrolyte imbalances. So uh, so that's, that's, a, that's a tough way to be sick. Oh man, I thought it was just the diarrhea. I didn't realize skin loss and all that stuff. Uh yeah, I just uh um it's it's a uh skin elasticity thing. So it's as your skin becomes very dry and it's uh it's it's very uncomfortable obviously. Oh gosh. Aw. Hopefully they can get a handle on that. Yeah, I mean especially with um uh you know with with a place that uh, it, you know doesn't have um you know, a, a good water supply i mean it, it has going through an earthquake right now earthquake cleanup i mean it's uh, it's it's a pretty sad situation so uh um it, it's it's sad that they're back in the news for something like this 
Yeah. Yeah, I re- think I remember seeing something on Twitter from the breaking. I follow breaking news, you know, and uh, it seems like I saw something about that, too, about the cholera outbreak. I think I saw it today, in fact. So, oh, really? Yeah. I, yeah, because this just happened, like, in the last couple of days, right? Um, yeah, the, uh, uh, they, they announced it just this week, actually, and it's been uh, bubbling up more in the news um, about the uh, about the outbreak out there. So, Aww. yeah, I hope they can get a handle on that. That's not good. Um, the next story I have here is uh, from uh, Friday, October twenty second. This is from uh, the Associated Press. The title is. Uh, Number of diabetic Americans could triple by 2050. This is from Atlanta. As many as one in three U.S. adults could have diabetes by 2050, federal officials announced Friday, and a dramatic new projection that represents a threefold increase. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimate that one in ten have diabetes now, but the number could grow to one in five or even one in three by mid-century if trends continue. Uh, this is alarming, says the director of the CDC. The agency's projections have been a work in progress. Uh, the last revision put the number at 39 million in 2050. Uh, the new estimate takes uh, to a range between uh, 76 million and 100 million. An estimated 24 million Americans have diabetes currently, and I, you know, I, and I'm seeing this in my office too. I mean, especially with the with the kids and the adolescents, uh, uh, you know, that they're uh, and that we're seeing diabetes earlier, and that's uh, that's kind of a that's kind of a sad situation. Well, in this area, we have a lot of people that have diabetes, and I don't know because the Hispanic culture has it a lot, right? And I don't know if it's partially a genetic thing or if it's the diet. I mean, they eat a lot of tortillas and beans and rice, and I think that's what contributes to it. You know, these fatty, high carb carbohydrate-type food. Uh, and it doesn't surprise me that the diabetes is getting worse in America just in general because of the way we eat. And I say we because I'm including me in that. <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm including me in that too there. <laughs> it's so hard to eat healthy because, let's face it, a lot of healthy foods are not good-tasting. Usually, if it's not if it's good for you, it doesn't necessarily taste good. Not always. Right. Sometimes yes, but not always. And I have a hard time getting my the amount of vegetables that I need. Uh, and I like fruit, but for some reason I don't eat enough fruit. You know, I need to just do it already. I, I'm thinking that if I start, you know, forcing myself to eat like tons of vegetables and fruits that I'll just get used to it to the point where it does taste good or not that much salt on my food. Because, I mean, I'll salt something that's already salty. I love salt. I could just get one of those big things of Morton salt and pour it down my throat. No, just kidding. Wow. (laughs) Not really, not really. Not really that much. But I love salt, you know. And uh, I love salty food, so and and I love high fat. Food. I I just love love good greasy food, fried 
and all that. And I know that's not good. You know, I think if Dr. Jonathan knew the amount of carbohydrates I eat, he'd stop following me on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know he's a low-carbohydrate freak. (laughs) I don't think he puts one carb in his body ever. (laughs) (laughs) He is so cute, by the way. I love you, Dr. Jonathan. I really do. I want him, I want him, I would love for Dr. Jonathan to teach me how to eat right, you know. I mean, I should know, right? I'm a nurse, and I know the things that I should be eating, but, you know, for instance, I love bread with my meals, you know, and I know he probably never eats bread, (laughs) but I love to have bread with my meals. Like, I I love protein, yes, you know, when, when people, when I first heard of Atkins, you know, and here they have an steak and eggs and, and things that, yay, yummy, or taste good, right? But I have to have the bread with it, you know, or else it's not a complete meal. Bread, meat, and a vegetable, something that I like, some vegetable that I like, like spinach. I like green stuff, green vegetables. But other things, not so much. And I only like carrots if they're cooked soft. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I got off on all that, but yeah, I mean, we we do have a, a very large diabetic population here. So I mean, I know it's that's specific to this area, but it does, like I said, it doesn't surprise me that the that everywhere it's getting like that. And. You know, I think that the only way to combat that is to change the way we eat. I think more people are doing it now. I mean, I know back in the 50s, what was thought of as a healthy breakfast is not the way they necessarily look at it now. You know, like eggs and bacon and all that in the 50s was considered healthy and good, and now it's like oatmeal and rice cakes. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And I love I mean, I, I... I have a tough time too when it's you know it's I I don't you know I don't have any excuse either um, you know just uh, they're they're talking about uh, prepared food in the in the chat room and uh, and uh, how uh, how expensive or inexpensive that healthy food can be and uh, um, cheap and or costly and uh, some some pretty good uh, discussion there in, in the chat room I mean there's no there's no good solution uh, to it especially with the kids. Uh, you know, it's really what uh, you know what what their parents get them, and uh, you know, it's debatable. Uh, you know what uh, you know what, what their parents do as far as you know, um, not only uh, you know feeding the kids, but you know, it's just uh, what they give them, what they don't give them. You know, how much exercise they get or don't get uh, the kids, and uh, you know, it's it's it, 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 it's just a big problem. I'm going to start exercising again. I know I always say that, but we got a new Gold's Gym that just popped up in my in my town, and it's awesome. I haven't been in it. I've just seen the outside, and I've seen and I've uh, they're on Facebook, right? So I've uh, checked out the web page and seen you know they even have a spa in there and everything. And I definitely want to join because I want to get fit again, and I'm hoping that I actually use my membership and get back into it like I used to be. Remember, I used to, I told you about this before. I used to be an exercise fanatic. 
And right. I definitely want to get back in that because I think it'll help my blood pressure, my cholesterol, and all those things, you know. Because, I mean, I take medicine for my blood pressure and cholesterol. And you see me, I mean, I'm not an overweight person, so uh, it's, and I'm not that old yet. <laughs> so I shouldn't have the the, the numbers that I have when it comes to my blood pressure and cholesterol, you know, it's, but it's, it also runs in my family. My dad, who who has worked out practically his whole life, has to take blood pressure medication and has had to for a long time, but we don't have any diabetes in my family, so thank God that's never really struck our family, but it's right. amazing how, you know, how especially the type 1, how deadly it can be just from taking a little too much insulin or not taking enough, you know, it's, it's I, that's got to be hard, I think, to be a, a especially a type 1 diabetic and having to be so on top of things all the time like that. I wouldn't want to stay uh, myself with pills either. Yeah. No uh, way. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, let me we'll, we'll do one more health story in this segment here, and it's you know, and it's kind of related to something else. Uh, so, um, so it, it's uh, th- did you know, Kat, that there is a, an iPhone app that uh, it can be used as a stethoscope? It, have you read about that story? Now I have. Well, um, when I had it, I had an iTouch before I had an iPhone, and I had downloaded that app on my iTouch. But I think that you have to have a, the microphone part, right? So it didn't work. And I ended up deleting it, but I didn't put it on this iPhone. So I need to, I mean, I saw it a long time ago. Is this a new one? No, this is the same one. Uh, let me uh, let me play this story. This is an interesting story here from the Associated Press. What I have to do. This is mobile medicine. A doctor checks someone's heart using an iPhone. Computer scientist Dr. Peter Bentley invented the app called iStethoscope, and he claims it gives far better sound than the real thing. The iPhone is placed on the patient's chest with the microphone next to the skin. The sound produces a spectrogram, which the doctor can check on screen. What do they mean? That's how fast the going right now. At the moment, the app doesn't offer a diagnosis, but that's about to change. Dr. Bentley has linked the app to a research lab that contains thousands of recordings of people's hearts. The aim is to be able to tell patients, in a heartbeat, if anything's wrong. We're about to set a a challenge to computer scientists across Europe to create a, a piece of software that can tell the difference between normal and abnormal heart sounds. So if we can do that, then not only will we be able to sample your heart sound, it'll be able to say, maybe something wrong, a specialist. The eye stethoscope app costs next to nothing. In some countries it's around one dollar, in others it's entirely free. Dr. Bentley holds out the prospect of anyone anywhere getting a diagnosis fast. And it sounds like a very simple thing but it, it immediately opens out, um, if you like, the expertise to everywhere in the world. So now you can sample the audio out in third world countries, you can email that heart sound to the experts in the cities. So suddenly these remote villages have access to expertise that they never could have before. 
The medical establishment is impressed with smartphone applications, but says they're an addition rather than a replacement to what doctors already have. Mark Westwood is a consultant cardiologist. I think they will be very interesting and I think they will act as an adjunct to current clinical practice. However, I don't think they will replace things say, such as the traditional doctor consultation, which I still think will be a fundamental of clinical practice. So I see them as something that will evolve and will be addition, but I don't see them as a replacement for the majority of what we do. The message there is that doctors shouldn't hang up their traditional stethoscopes just yet. Martin Benedict, The Associated Press. So, Kat, so when, when, I, when I first saw this pop up on Twitter, maybe it was about a, a month ago, uh, there was a big outcry from people um, saying, oh, you know, is, it, uh, is that appropriately how a uh, – um, appropriately, how how a uh, how an iPhone should be used is it is it a piece of medical equipment? Does it have to be licensed as a piece of medical equipment? Is it just this is just kind of a gimmick because something can be reused? Um, you know, I've tried it out and you know it, it's okay. Um, so, but uh, I, I think you know it's going to be more apps like this. Uh, no matter if you're on an iPhone or Droid or whatever. Um, that's going to be interesting um, as far as can this be really used in a hospital or in an office? Well, I just think, I mean, I think it's a, a great thing if it works, right? But I don't. I just wouldn't want to put my iPhone on sick people's chests. <laughs> I don't want to get germs on my iPhone. No germs. Well, well, we'll put it this way. So, so, well, you know, what if it, what if it was a, a hospital-issued iPhone, and they said you have these medical apps for your job, and you can use it on patients? Or, I mean, would you use it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. I mean, <clears throat> I think that when he was saying that, uh, when they were saying on that news thing that uh, it could get to the point where it even tells you what's wrong. That's wild. I mean, I just hope that electronics, and I don't mean just the iPhone, but electronics in general, just don't get so good that we end up having robots do our job for us or whatever, you know. Um, can can technology get so good that it takes away from humans' brains? You know what I mean? Right, Earn? right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I mean, I would, I would definitely use it at the hospital. I probably would use my own too. I mean, I deal with babies, and they're not as dirty, right? But uh, I mean, you'd be having to clean it a lot, I think, and uh, and not because I mean, for those who aren't medical people out there, it's not like people are just soiled with nastiness on their body. It's just germs are germs, even if you can't see them. Even if a person's skin looks clean, they may have something on there you just can't see, you know. Uh, but I would definitely love for the hospital to give me an iPad to do my nurse's notes on. I would absolutely love it. I would use my own iPad for that if I could because I think that would be so – you just have everything in that one one device, you know, and you not have to deal with all these charts. I mean, we are going now to computerized charting and everything, but we don't have, like – we don't do it on iPads. I know that some hospitals are even doing it on iPads now. They're, right. they're, so, but the stethoscope thing is cool. I mean, I, I should try to download that on my iPhone now because, I, you know, like I said, I had put it on my iTouch, but since it doesn't have a microphone, it didn't work. 
Yeah. I think that would be cool. Yeah, but we'll, we'll we'll see how this kind of shakes out. So it's uh, um, it's interesting that it got a national oh! story there. Sorry. Uh, wow. Sorry. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever sneezed on your show. Wow, that was that was great. Are you okay? Hey. Is, is there is everybody okay over there? Or, uh... I'm fine, thank you very much. <laughs> I didn't even need a snot rag for that one. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Try sneeze. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, why don't we uh, why don't we take a little bit of a break here, and uh, after the break, I will uh, say a little bit about my week here and uh, a, a cool meetup that I had uh, this week. Uh, I won't tell anybody about it until after the break. So uh, Kent and I will be back right after uh, these couple of songs here. So uh, you know, everybody refresh your drink. You know, get back to the game that you're watching. You know, we'll be uh, we'll be right back. show on a Saturday night here on Blog Talk Radio. Give a big shout out to the people in my chat room here. We have the uh, <laughs> we have the River Rock Dog in our chat room there, cats. <laughs> and and we, we have now Mrs. New Orleans in the chat room. <laughs> they are dancing back and forth. 
Look out. That's my sister. Them. Oh, man. Look, yes, they're, yeah, they have to, we have to separate them because they're uh, going nuts in the chat room. Also, uh, yeah, it's right. quite entertaining. Uh, Autobox, Neo Nurse Chick, Liz, Kimmy, J-Man, ATC, Sandra, and everyone else who is listening here tonight, thank you for joining us. So, so yeah, it's a really interesting chat room here tonight there, Kat. All right. <laughs> I bet Rock Dog is happy. <laughs> so, uh, so, so this week, so thank, first of all, thank you for being a friend there, Kat. No, no, thank you, Dr. Anonymous, for being my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I was in the, uh, the great city of Philadelphia for a couple of days uh, this week uh, at, a, at a conference, uh, but I was able to meet up with somebody I've been wanting to meet up for uh, four years now, actually. So it's our good friend in the chat room there, Neo Nursechick. Uh, wow, look out. Man. I love her. She's so awesome. I love her. <laughs> My fellow neonatal nurse... I don't know what to say. My fellow neonatal nurse chick. <laughs> yeah, we started uh we started blogging at around the same time a few years ago. She she uh she deleted and took down her blog, which is uh which is very sad, but uh, we were able to uh we were able to meet up and have dinner and just talk about stuff. Um and uh, she's she's very cool. I mean, uh, she's she's uh, she's been someone I, someone I've gotten to know over the past uh, few years, and uh, um, she had a rough time for a while, but uh, she's doing a lot better now. And uh, um, she's uh, she's in school, going to be graduating, I think uh, next year, getting married next year. I mean, uh, she's uh, she she's got it all together there, Kat. I know. I mean, with with the the health problems and stuff she has, you know, she's like. It's like potato chips. Those, those two are two of my biggest heroes on Twitter, you know, uh, with everything they have to go through, and yet they still maintain a positive attitude. They still just go for it and go do what they do, you know. Uh, it just amazes me. I wish I could be like that, you know. Um, I really take my hat off to both of them. They're both so awesome. Yes, They're full of awesome. Yes. Uh, and uh and uh, we had a we had a great conversation about uh about how blogging used to be (laughs) back back in the day just four years ago when uh when especially with the medical people they a lot of them were really good uh, storytellers and uh um, really shared uh, had a really good blog and uh, was really genuine but now you know the, the trend is a little bit more different these days. It's a lot more business oriented, I think. It's a lot of people like promoting themselves. Maybe I'm part of that. I don't know. Uh, but uh, it's it, it's a lot different environment now than it was uh, a few years ago. And uh, I don't know if it's just because everybody's just wanting to make a buck now. And uh, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, but uh, um, it's uh, it, it's real different. Uh, uh, what do we used to call the internet? What we now call social media, whatever the buzzword of the moment is, 
Uh, it's, uh, but uh, but me and Nurse Chicken, I had a, had a good conversation about kind of a, a little history of what we what we thought was happening back then and back now. And uh, yeah, just like you said, Kat, I mean, she's she's just super. She's she's so sweet too, you know. Um, and I don't think I don't think you promote yourself like like what you're saying business wise. I mean, if you have a show on Blog Talk Radio, you need to promote that show. But I think you, I mean, I like your blog. <laughs> I like it, and I like your show even more. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous that you no, know, y'all got to meet and everything, and I was waiting for a twit pick, and there was no twit pick. Oh no yeah, we yeah we we were yeah we we, we saw the tweets of the put the twit pick up. I have to admit, I'll I'll, I'll have to put that up there. Uh, I, uh, I I messed up because it because we took we took the picture with with my phone and and I didn't put it up yet. So I'm guilty oh. of that there, cat. Oh good, so there is a pick. That's cool. You know, yeah, like, there, there, there is. You have met so many people so far that, you know, that we both know mutually. And, you know, I haven't met any of y'all, and it just makes me so sad. I can't wait till I meet everybody. I'm telling you, <laughs> one day, one day I'm going to take a trip around the country and just meet everybody. I'm, I'm going to take a road trip across America. There you go. Road, road, yeah. road tripping. Road trip. Yeah. <laughs> I can come pick you up. You can come with me. Woohoo! Oh boy. Ah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, let's do a couple more stories here before the before the uh, top of the hour. Here, I, I think I think Neil Nurse Chuck. I think she told me once that her uh, that she's a big she's a big Halloween fan and. Uh, um, Halloween's coming up in a week, and uh, I do have a health story here from uh, Health Day News uh, from October 17. The title is Halloween Extra Scary When Kids Have Peanut Allergies. Um, for most kids, Halloween parties and trick-or-treating can be a mixture of fun and frightening, but for kids with peanut allergies, they can be dangerous. Warns the doctor, this type of allergy can be a life-or-death situation just because a kid that only has uh, had a rash the first time exposed doesn't mean it will be serious uh, the next time. They offered some uh, tips here. Uh, tell the party host about your child's allergy and provide a list of specific foods they must avoid. Offer to help the hostess by wiping down all the surfaces, uh, uh, its surfaces exposed to nuts, not inhaling nut particles uh, that cause an allergic reaction. Uh, bring something to the party that you know your child is uh, safe to eat. You have a younger child take uh, nut-free candy to neighbors before Halloween and take your child to those houses before the uh, big night. Peanut allergy is not limited to peanuts. Some people with a peanut allergy are allergic to numerous types of nuts and seeds, and nut allergies are often seen in kids with other food allergies, like eggs or kids with asthma and eczema. And uh, it's become more it's, it's become a real issue now. I, I don't remember hearing about this when we were growing up there, Kat, but uh you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of real bad reactions uh to to, to nuts, uh, not even with kids but adults too, and uh, uh it's a scary situation when they have this because a lot of them can't breathe and it could be really bad. I was just gonna say, you know, like when I was younger you didn't hear much about kids being allergic to peanuts and stuff. It seems like 
that's another thing, kind of like the diabetes that seems to have gotten worse over the years. It seems like now so many more kids have these. And why why peanuts? What what makes peanuts so you know harsh? These kids' systems so volatile. Yeah, I I now, think it's just it's just the the, the type of reaction that they have. Uh, that there have been a lot of studies that that says uh, you know as far as food allergies go. Uh, Nuts and peanuts uh, uh, have been shown to have the most severe reaction for some reason. Don't know why. But it's it's weird that more and more kids are getting it though, and it seems to the point like what is going to happen like in 2050 when people all have all these people have diabetes? How many kids are going to have peanut allergies too? Are they just going to have to do away with peanut butter and 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 you know a lot of candies and and different things have little peanut because you see on candies all the time that may contain peanuts. I don't know how peanuts get in everything, but somehow peanuts get into a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's just not the peanuts. It's it's the dust, and it's mixed into a lot of different things uh, uh, that I didn't even know of before until I started reading up more on this. So it's not just the peanut itself. It's it's additives to a lot of things for flavoring uh, and uh, uh, even just a little bit of that of that peanut dust or peanut stuff in there uh, can be a real problem for people. Yeah, but where does the peanut dust come from? I mean, I guess all candy companies have some product that has peanuts in it. Because, like, if you're you're Willy Wonka and you have a chocolate factory, let's say, unless you're making candies with peanuts in it, where would the, any of this peanut dust or any of these peanuts come from? Is what I'm saying. But I guess I guess they all make something with peanuts. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's surprising how much stuff is uh, uh, does have some kind of peanut um, additive in it. So uh, uh, so yeah, so that's something that's, uh, that's a whole another thing that parents have to worry about at Halloween now. So. Along with the poisoning of the candy, and now that's one thing I remember we worried about as kids. You know, my dad would check all our candy after we went trick or treating and everything. And those days were so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the last story here for this hour—it's kind of interesting. I found this story on a high school. Uh, blog actually from uh, Iowa Falls, Iowa, and the title of this is uh, "How Old Is Too Old for Trick or Treating?" I'll read most of this, which is a lot here. So uh, uh, this goes: uh, When teens still trick or treat on Halloween, is it just fun or to get candy? Question mark. So why do teens still go trick or treating? Do adults get frustrated or angry when teens are out? Do people complain or refuse to give out candy? Clara Arnold, a sophomore at Cal High School, plans on celebrating Halloween all of her life. I don't believe that one should get uh, one should set an age or something that is supposed to be festive. I'm, I'm planning to go trick or treating with my children and grandchildren. She says, trick or treating is fun and relieves many uh, uh, relives many great memories. Just the feeling I get is amazing. Billy Sosa. Also a sophomore at Cal, enjoys uh, trick-or-treating. I still love it. 
I hate how everyone is like, oh, trick-or-treating is so stupid. Who does it anymore? I'm still a kid at heart, he says. I love to see decorations and uh, the different cultures around me. Just watching everybody have fun and trick-or-treating is like the best, explained Sosa, defending his choice to continue trick-or-treating. Natalie Erickson, a junior, says, I don't go trick-or-treating, but I like seeing all the kids dressed up in their costumes. Uh, Mrs. Seifert, a father of uh, a Mr. Seifert, sorry, uh, Mr. Seifert, a father of five children at Cal. Uh, he's a Spanish teacher there, likes to go trick-or-treating with his kids. Sometimes our whole family uh, plays the theme. He contends that there's no age, no set age for kids to stop. I think as long as you're under 18, you're being respectful uh, to other kids and property that's just fine. Uh, and another person, uh, mother of a fourth grader, but feels that there should be an age limit. Seventh grade is too old for trick-or-treating, she says, uh, but she doesn't mind if teens trick-or-treat as long as they're not obnoxious. Some people refuse to give out candy because they feel it's an activity for young children. So the article ends here. How old is too old to be trick-or-treating? We have different opinions as to who too old uh, for this fun tradition. So it's an interesting uh, kind of blog post here from a high school student. As far as uh, two, I, I can't remember, Kat, how what, one of my last trick-or-treating was, but I think it was way before high school. I think maybe it was junior high or something like that. Yeah, same here. But, um, you know, I, I haven't given candy out in a long time, but if I did, I don't think I'd care how old they were. You know, the people saying that they, that they refuse to give candy to the older kids because they think, you know, it's for young kids. It's kind of uptight, you know. <laughs> don't be so greedy. <laughs> who cares? Really, I mean, really, who cares? It's it's true. If they're not being obnoxious, if they're not being disrespectful, or you know, doing anything to a property, I mean, who cares? Really, you know, that's like. But you don't see that very often. I mean, I remember one time, once I was done with the trick or treating, I think I probably was in high school. I was giving out candy, and I opened the door, and I what I thought were two little kids were at the door, and one was a little kid, and the other one, the, the quote-unquote kid took off his mask, and it's this guy I went to school with. So I'm like going, oh, like, he was on his knees, <laughs> looking like a little kid. <laughs> like, okay, so I gave him some candy. I kind of thought he was a dork, but, you know. <laughs> so what? <laughs> I think, you know, oh, I think. Wow. If you're a kid at heart, that's fine. You know, I try all the time to be younger because I want to be. <laughs> it's like I haven't gone trick or treating in a while. I wish I was young enough to go trick or treating. So, but I've never seen any adults do it or anything. You know? hmm. But that's the only time I saw like a teenager doing it was that one time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to drop this link in the chat room. This is. Uh, Kat is going to make me this uh, skeleton wreath here. She sent me this link here earlier ah! today. And I'll drop that in the chat room there for people to take a look at. <laughs> I'm going to make a skeleton wreath or skeleton key. <laughs> I think and that's cool. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it does look pretty cool. It does look pretty cool. Um and what I'll do is and don't say and uh, don't say anything, Kat. So so I'll throw this out to the chat room. So uh uh, so if Kat and I were going to go to a Halloween party, what would we be dressed as? I'll leave that to the chat room, and uh, well, we can talk about it <laughs> in our second uh, hour here. Cool, cool. 
<laughs> so uh, we'll take uh, we'll take a break here, and uh, we'll get ready for the uh, second hour here of the uh, Dr. Anonymous show here and Cats. We'll be talking about some entertainment news stories. I know Cats been waiting for this all night, so uh, <laughs> we'll be uh, talking about uh, Lindsay Lohan. We'll be talking about uh, Mel Gibson and uh, our... One of Kat's favorite people to talk about, uh, the Octomom, is back in the news again. And uh, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be talking about all that uh, right after our break here. <laughs> I wouldn't go anywhere, kids, because Kat is just just getting warmed up. So we'll be right back here on the Dr. Anonymous show on a Saturday night. Don't go anywhere.
And welcome back to the Dr. Anonymous show after a glitch here on Blog Talk Radio on a Saturday night. Yeah, the cat on the line. Uh, how, you, how you doing, Derek? Are you holding up okay? Did you have any Red Bull tonight, Derek? No, no Red Bull, but I had a nap earlier, so. <laughs> <laughs> that got me on fire! On fire! <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a I heard a beep. I thought you hung up on me, which I would totally understand. Uh so Never. let's get into this here. So um yeah, we'll we'll just we're gonna let this fly here in the Octomom uh, story here. Let me play this and then you can just uh, say what you want here. Here we go. Nadia Suleiman, commonly known as Octomom, is back in the news. This time because California's state medical board is considering whether to revoke the license of her fertility doctor, Dr. Michael Kamrava. He's accused of endangering her health and violating national standards by implanting a dozen embryos, not six, as Suleiman once claimed, at the start of her pregnancy that gave her octuplets last year. Suleiman's babies are the world's longest surviving set of octuplets, but they were born nine weeks premature. Monday, a state attorney argued that Hamrava knew that a 12-embryo transfer was unsafe, and the medical expert told the board implanting 12 embryos into the uterus is, quote, unheard of. National guidelines issued by the American Society for Reproductive Medicine specify that no more than two embryos are to be used in in vitro treatments for a healthy woman under 35. The expert witness also testified Kamrava should have referred Suleiman for a mental health evaluation before giving her repeated fertility treatments. Last year, Kamrava was kicked out of the American Society of Reproductive Medicine, but the group does not have the legal authority to keep him from practicing medicine. Kamrava has declined repeated requests by the Associated Press for an interview, but earlier this year, he defended his treatment of Suleiman, saying it was done the right way. Carlotta Bradley, the Associated Press. So in a story for Friday there, the Los Angeles Times has here, uh, the Octomom uh, ignored his doctor's advice. Uh, so she, he has thrown her under the bus. The, uh, the story here goes, uh, uh, he, uh, he insisted, <laughs> no, she insisted that she wanted all those embryos, but he told her not to. A quote from him says uh, she wouldn't except doing anything else with those embryos the doctor testified Thursday during a state hearing to determine whether his medical license should be revoked. She did not want them frozen. She did not want them transferred to another patient. She just wanted them implanted. What do you think of that, Kat? Well, when I saw those articles you sent me, first of all, I was like, I used to be so aggravated that he would defend what he did. And now, of course, he's going back on it totally because he's afraid of losing his license, which he should lose his license. No matter why he did it, it was still the stupidest decision to make. I don't care if she put a gun to his head. I mean, well, that's the only way he could have, should have done I would have, that's the only way I would have said, okay, I can see why he did it. He didn't have to do it. He could have said, well, you just go to somebody else because I'm not going to do it. He said, oh, just because she insisted he did it? Well, don't you have a mind of your own? You know, the woman was crazy or is crazy. Like if I was a doctor, if I was a doctor and, you know, somebody wanted to do that, I'd say, I'm sorry, you'll have to go to somebody else. I'm not going to do it. You just say no. You just say no. 
And so now he's all apologizing and crying on the stand because of what he did. And it's like too little, too late, man, you know. And it's not just because of what he could have done to her health. You know, that's what they're saying. What about these children? You know, I don't care if you're super mom. Nobody can take care of that many kids, especially single and without a job. Apparently, though, somehow she's doing it because she makes money off whatever else she does, her little publicity stunts that she does. But, I mean, she got pregnant, and she did that when she was out of work, before anybody knew who she was. Right. You know, how how did she know that she was going to become so famous? Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't even know how, how she's still, like, you know, In hasn't the been arrested or or you know, well, no, I've been arrested, or you know, the kids taken away and given to like somebody who can take care of them. I mean, it's just that's amazing to me. Well, that's what I think should have been done. I think they should have taken the kids away. I mean, you know, I mean, if kids get taken away because parents are unfit, I'm not saying she may love those kids very much. She may be trying her hardest. You know, it's, I'm sure she doesn't beat them and all this other stuff. But the fact that she would make decisions like this proves that she's not stable enough. To, I mean, I, I'm surprised she hasn't gone completely insane just from having all those kids. Right. I can't imagine right. having, what, six, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen kids, okay, eight of them all the same age, all young, and being a, and and I couldn't imagine it with a with a husband or with a full family supporting me. And she's pretty much, yeah. I mean, she's got her parents, I think, but I don't know who else really. I know that uh, when she, when this first all happened and, you know, nannies and stuff that would come in and out, they all complained about her. They all said she was this, she was that, she was crazy, she was mean and all this. So it's not like she's pleasant to be around. So how does she do it? I don't know. And and I, I, I'm curious to see what they do to his license. To me, that's totally neglectful. And just saying he you're said sorry. He was, uh, yeah, he said he was crying on the stand is another story here. His, his quote is, is this, quote, I'm sorry for what happened. When I look back at it, I wish I'd never done it and it will never happen again. The doctor said while wiping away tears. <laughs> Yeah, it was just so hard to refuse this insane woman that uh, that I couldn't put those embryos in. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, it was just so hard. She was just so what? You know what? I mean, like I said, unless she had put a gun to his head and said, "Put them in now," there's no excuse. I mean, ah. Uh, even know what to say. I just don't understand how he could have been talked into it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh yeah, and it, it, it will never it will never make sense. <laughs> That's one of the things where like, you know, I don't get it and nobody will ever understand it, so uh so yeah. Uh, so let's move on to a, a, a you know a, a, a story of uh, somebody who you know was you know, probably a little bit more sane, <laughs> not really. Uh, so uh, so your buddy uh, Lindsay Lohan's back in the news here uh, this week, and uh, she's back in court. Imagine that. 
Uh, let's uh, play this clip, and then we'll talk about it. Lindsay Lowen avoids another trip to jail. An L.A. judge ordered her to continue rehab until January 3rd after the actress admitted failing a drug test in September while she was on probation. Lowen cried in the courtroom when she heard the sentence. Previously, the judge had threatened a 30-day jail term for any skipped or failed tests. Lowen is being treated at the Betty Ford Center. It is her fifth court appearance since May, where she ran into trouble for missing several weekly counseling sessions. Her legal woes stem from a pair of drug and drunken driving arrests in 2007. She pleaded no contest and was sentenced to three years probation, which she has violated several times. Diane Kepley, The Associated Press. Oh, my gosh, cats. And uh, there, there's a, here's a story here from People magazine. It says, I can't afford to stay at Betty Ford. She was ordered back to the Betty Ford Center on Friday instead of giving more jail time. But she indicates that she cannot continue to pay for the treatment program, and she needs to work, says the report. Prior to the Friday's hearing, she requested that she move into the outpatient care uh, after a 30-day stay. Uh, but the court ordered her to remain there, like the story said, until January 3rd. What, I mean, what, what's going to go on here, here, Kat? I mean, it's just, this is just, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know. Is, is this a point where we start to feel bad for her or what? I mean, she's got a problem, can't handle it. You know, what do we do? Well, this is the part where I'm starting to get really annoyed with her. Can't afford to stay at the Betty Ford Clinic? Does she think we're stupid? Oh, yeah, and I'm the queen of Sheba. You know, she can't afford to stay at the Betty Ford Clinic. Give me a break. When I saw that article, it said for three months, they would make her stay in there for three months. It's $53,000. Almost I could afford that. I mean, that sounds like a lot of money, right? But that has to be chump change to her. She's just making excuses so she can get out of whatever. She, she doesn't want to do rehab. She doesn't want to go to jail. She doesn't want to do any of that. She should be thanking her lucky stars that instead of putting her back in jail, that they're sending her back to rehab. Okay, you can't afford Betty Ford? Go to a, a lower-paying or lower-cost rehab center if you want to stay out of jail. I think that they should tell her, okay, you either go back to rehab or you go back to jail. You know, simple as that. That that's a bunch, that's a load of crap that she can't afford it. I don't believe that for a minute. <laughs> I think she's in denial. And you know what they were saying in this article is that she's been in there thirty days now, right? And that she's barely just starting to get to the point where she's admitting she's powerless, right? And that she has a problem. Right. They still say she's really messed up and she's still pretty much denying that she even has a problem. So she's not gonna get better unless they do something. But for her to whine and complain that she says she can't afford the Betty Ford Clinic is such a load of crap that I can't even stand it. (laughs) (laughs) It stinks. I can actually smell the stench of it. $53,000. That's freaking chump change to her. And if it's not, then sell one of your Maseratis or whatever else it is you have, you know, that you haven't wrecked. (laughs) I, I think they should say, okay, fine, back to jail for you. And then when she did go to jail, she was supposed to be there for 90 days. Or no, was it three months? I think she's supposed to be there for. She got out in 10 days. She was lucky. She doesn't even realize how lucky she is. And the only reason she's lucky is because of who she is. If she was still a nobody, she would still be in jail right now, rotting away. That's the reality of it. She would have been... Uh, 
not only would she still be in jail, she would have gone to jail a long time ago and still been in jail. So that's what irritated me. I don't now. I finally don't feel sorry for her. I mean, I never really. I mean, I I feel bad for anyone who has a problem with drugs or alcohol. You know how I am. I feel like sometimes I feel like I could be a nurse for people with addiction problems like this because I have so much compassion for them because I know what it can do to people, whether you're an alcoholic or a drug addict. Which we're going to get into the Mel Gibson story too because I want to talk about that there too. Uh, uh, because you know I, I, people think he's well we'll get to that but uh but you know there's a point there's a point where you just got to say I'm sorry no you know you can't let you can't keep letting her get away with this and that's like I said it's a load of crap that she can't afford it okay if, if, and if it's not a load of crap if I'm wrong and it's true she can't afford it send her to a lower cost place or put her back in jail you know, what does she think? Because she says she can't afford it. They're going to say, okay, well, just go on back to work and forget the whole thing. <laughs> this whiny baby. <laughs> so annoying. Oh, man. All right. So you, you feel better now? You feel, you feel good? Yeah, I feel, I feel released. I feel like, you know, like I got a lot off my chest. I feel very relaxed right now. <laughs> All right, let's get into this Mel Gibson story here. So, what is uh, so Mel Gibson and uh, got fired from uh, from this uh, future project here? Well, I'll play a couple of clips here, and then we'll talk about it here. So, of course, you know this is a really funny song here. of the hit film, The Hangover. So we start with the problem. HLN dishes the dirt. It turns out that putting Mel Gibson in the sequel to The Hangover was just too much of a headache. The director says that Gibson's cameo in the film has been canceled. He says that he made the decision because the cast and crew didn't fully support having Gibson in the film. Reports said Gibson was supposed to play a tattoo artist in the movie. Ian Ryan says actor Zach Galifianakis was not shy about telling the world he was unhappy, saying this during a recent podcast. Uh, Give it a movie that you're acting in, you don't have a lot of control. I mean, you just right. show up and vomit your lines out. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I'm not the boss. I just, 
I'm I'm in a deep protest right now with a movie I'm working on. Really? I'm up in arms about something, but I can't get the I can't get the guys I can't I'm not making any leeway. Apparently he did get that leeway. KMSP got the details on what exactly went down with Galifianakis. The actors start putting up a fuss saying, no, we don't want him on this movie. You know, there's been a lot of controversy in his life right now that's obviously been really well publicized. And so uh, they stood up for themselves and said, we will do a walk-off. And producers finally had to give in and say, okay, Mel, you've been axed from the movie, so he'll no longer be appearing in it. And uh, I, I hear a lot of it's coming from Zach Galifianakis. Uh, not so much from Bradley Cooper, I guess he didn't really say much, but uh, uh, a lot of the other actors in the movie. But Good Day LA's entertainment correspondent can't understand why the actors had any say at all. And that's, you know, a little odd because usually the studio makes the decision, not the actors. On the other hand, director Todd Phillips didn't seem to have any problem with Mel in the film. CNN has this statement. I thought Mel would have been great in the movie, and I had the full backing of Jeff Robinoff and his team. But I realized filmmaking is a collaborative effort, and this decision ultimately did not have the full support of my entire cast and crew. And TMZ says a source close to Mal can't understand why they would be protesting at the last minute, calling it total hypocrisy. Our sources say some of the production people became belatedly upset because they were getting so much crap from friends, so they began objecting. As one person connected with Mal told TMZ, it's such hypocrisy. They cast a convicted rapist, Mike Tyson, but 86'd Mal. So do you think it was fair to fire Gibson? Would you watch the sequel if Mel was in it? I'm Lisa Caverly for Newsy.com. Multiple sources, the real story. So there you go, Kat. So uh, so what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on Mel Gibson out of this movie or in this movie or whatever? Well, I mean, that last sentence in the in – the, I never even thought about that, the Mike Tyson thing. You know, you let a, a convicted rapist in there and not Mel. I mean, that's that's true. I mean, if you're gonna, if you, if somebody makes a mistake that's really really bad, then you got to do it for everyone and keep them out of the movies, whatever. You know what I'm saying? You can't just do it for one person, not the other. Uh, I, you know, when this whole thing with Mel Gibson came out, I mean, the first time when he got, uh, you know, in this this had this problem. What was it? 2006. I was so sad that it happened, you know, I, I felt so, oh, how could that happen, well, how could he do that, you know, because I, before I used to be a huge, huge fan of Mel Gibson, and, but then people pretty much forgave him for that, I mean, eventually, you know, people kind of got over, they said, okay, well, he was drunk, you know, and uh, he's, he's, he apologized for it publicly, and he kind of, he didn't totally lose all his credibility, but this past time, was so much even worse, you know, um, and I think he's pretty much killed his career with it, and it's so hard to believe that somebody who made such a beautiful movie as The Passion of the Christ could be like this, you know what I'm saying, but I one thing I also know about Mel Gibson is he is a really bad alcoholic, and I'm not saying that and, and that's where I'm coming to the the my compassion for alcoholics and drug It doesn't excuse bad behavior, okay? It does not excuse it. it. I'm not saying, oh, well, let's just automatically forgive him because he's an alcoholic, but it explains it. I mean, when I've seen people who were very monstrous like that or did very kind of monstrous behavior like that, and then they get clean and sober, and they're completely different people. They're, 
bad thing with drugs and alcohol is it can take a completely sane, nice, wonderful human being and turn them into a monster. Um, It's amazing how these mind-altering substances, doesn't matter if it's alcohol or drugs, whether they're legal or not legal, it can do so much damage to a person's psyche, not just their body, but their psyche, their mind, everything, their soul. And you see so much change in people who get clean and sober. So I know that if he were to truly get sober and work a program and and surrender to God, you know, because I do believe he's a Christian, you know, he's just lost his way, that he... He might be able to save himself from this one. I don't know. This last one was pretty bad. But uh, I think Hollywood is very forgiving. I think people can be very forgiving. Um, I still go, you know, like I say, it just still breaks my heart that it was him that that turned out to be like this. Not just because of the passion of the Christ, but, you know, I've seen him in movies and stuff, and I used to just love him, you know, and always thought he was so hot and everything. And now it's just so hard to see. I can't see him in the same way because when you hear those those tapes, you know, of the things he says, it just sounds so psychotic. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and drugs and alcohol can make people pretty much psychotic. And, you know, it it's just so sad. That whole situation is so sad. And, and uh, I, I mean, I can kind of see why they would keep him out of the movie. But I didn't know that. You see, I have never seen The Hangover. So I didn't even know Mike. Was Mike Tyson in the first one? Yeah, it was. Uh, see, I didn't know because I've never seen the movie. So, and like, I mean, Hollywood forgives everyone, you know, but will they be able to forgive him for this one? Will he ever get a cameo in a movie? Will he ever be able to make another movie? Will he ever be a leading man in another movie? I mean, I don't think he really acts anymore anyway. He just directs, but. Uh, uh, you know, I I mean, I know people think that he, and he may be a horrible person anyway. I mean, he, maybe he'll get clean and sober and still just be nasty. I don't know. But I know for the most part, people really do change when they get clean and sober. And, and because I really believe that, that those things make people somebody they're not. And... Yeah, the whole Mel Gibson thing just very make, makes me very sad. And, I, and you know, like I said, you look at the passion of the Christ and how can a man like that or who says things like that make such a beautiful piece of art like that movie? I mean, that was that is one of the best movies of all time. And I, and I still think the movie is great. I mean, I'm not going to just not think the movie is great because he has been doing these things. But... Um, uh, it just it, it it really does break my heart, you know. I, I think if he wasn't a Christian or wasn't or didn't make that movie, it wouldn't bother me so bad. But you know, it's just another reason for the for people out there to say, "Oh, see, is this a Christian?" Yeah, you know, the, the Christian haters out there. Just another reason for them to say that we're all hypocrites or whatever, which is not the truth. Uh, so. Yeah, that's my thoughts on Mel Gibson. Not <laughs> <laughs> all Christians are bad. And he and you know what? 
if he asks God for forgiveness, God will forgive even him. God will forgive anyone. That's how much love God has for us, you know. Um, it, but we as humans, we can't see past sometimes people's mistakes and people's bad behavior and everything like that. So that's something I work on all the time, you know, to try to look past things that people, like if somebody makes me mad, I try to look past that and see the person they really are and not whatever their behavior is making them do. It's not always easy. <laughs> All right, why don't we, um, we'll take a break. We have a couple other uh, entertainment stories we'll share after the break here. And uh, we've got the last half an hour. I can't believe it's just, we're flying through this year uh, tonight here, Kat. So we'll, uh, We'll take a little bit of a break here, and uh, we have more stories to share in our last 31 minutes here on the Dr. Anonymous Show. Don't go anywhere. Anonymous show on a Saturday night. We have uh, we're inside our last half an hour here on the show. I have Cat here with me here this evening, and uh, so we got we got 28 minutes left. Cat, are we able to hang on here? Evacuate the dance floor. I love that song. <laughs> so glad you played it. Yes, I can. I have not evacuated this dance floor, baby. <laughs> So, uh, so Kat, let me ask you: Have you uh, have you uh, have you seen that Have you seen that Jersey Shore show? Uh, uh, are you familiar with it? Never have, never will. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Snooky, that Snooky, and her high hair irritates the poop out of me. 
All right, let me uh, let, let me play this clip and then we can uh, we can talk about it more. So so in this clip they're talking about oh, should there be another season of Jersey Shore? I've just been talk about it. I'd love to do another season. So if it happens, I'd love to do it. I'd love to go like Italy, something crazy. Oh, <laughs> totally. I never been, so I want to go. Maybe out of the country. Yeah, I love the opportunity. I mean, it's something, it's, it's a job that we, we enjoy doing, and a lot of people in America can't say, I wake up and I enjoy doing my job. We yeah. can say that we love our job. <laughs> we love what we do. Yeah. We have not talked about it, but we would love the opportunity yeah. again. Your number one mission is to go out and find the hottest Guido and take him home. The smaller the shorts, the better, because all the little Guido guys out there love them. We just take it day by day. Yeah, you know, she has her clothing line. Yeah. You know, we all have stuff that we're into. I have a supplement deals, books, and, you know, videos coming out. You know, I think we're all doing our own thing, and I think we're taking this opportunity and making the best of it. Yeah. This gave us the chance to get our foot in the door, and I think we're all doing pretty good, and we kicked the door wide open, <laughs> and now we're just doing whatever we want at this point. So My main passion lies in acting and music, so that's one of those fields that you kind of got to wait for the right opportunity to come, like, you know, and, and jump on it. So I think it can happen now that, you know, I have a good foundation and my fa my face is out there and stuff. So I'm really hoping for that. I have a book coming out in January. Um, I'm working on my clothing line, and also I'm trying to get a spin-off show. So. I was born and raised a Guido. It's a lifestyle. It's being Italian. It's representing um, family, friends, cannon, gel, everything. i got a cannon bed in my place. That's how serious I am about being a Guido and living up to that lifestyle. There we go, Care Cat. <laughs> what do you oh, think of that? Gosh. Guido Schmido. Moron. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, it's so funny what's popular on TV. You know, the some of the reality shows are. I think one of the worst reality shows on TV, and I don't watch it, but I see the previews. Is the Bad Girls Club? Okay. That is, like, such trash. And I don't know, Jersey Shore, I know it's a whole different thing, but it seems like there's a lot of fighting and stuff on there, too. A lot of trash. I don't know. I, I, I've <laughs> never seen it. I, didn't, <laughs> I just see people talking about it, and I'm like, okay, people that's great. People talk about it like crazy. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe I should watch. Well, I think I watched, like, a little bit of part of it once, and I was just like, I don't like this. And it wasn't so much irritating or anything. I was just like, whatever. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get the Jersey Shore fascination. And I can't stand that that high hair that that snooky chick has. Remember when it was, what was it where somebody asked uh, President Obama something about snooky? He said, I don't know what a snooky is. <laughs> I was laughing. <laughs> That's one of the best things he's ever said. <laughs> Makes the oh, state have president, Mr. President. But uh, yeah, it's just yeah. I, I guess if they do another season, I have to hear people talk about it for another season. But I still ain't going to watch it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's uh, my last entertainment story here has to do with uh, Taylor Swift. You may have heard of this uh, in the entertainment news this week. I'll play this and. We'll talk about it. Taylor Swift has won the hearts of many with her honest lyrics and girlish charm, but one group of diehard fans are taking that fandom to a whole other level. They're Swifties, 
mostly teen girls, and they have a daring request. ABC affiliate KSAT has the details of exactly what these fans are asking. Taylor Swift fans are trying to get the release date of her new album declared a national holiday. Tween girls started a Twitter petition after they realized they'd be in school when the album's release. So far, only 183 people joined the cause. An anchor from Detroit's WDIV gives some advice to all the Swifties out there considering skipping school if their national holiday doesn't happen. Kids, our advice, don't plan on it, go to class. The CDs will still be there after school, or maybe you can download them before you head off to class. A blogger for CMT doesn't think this is a very smart idea and says Taylor herself probably wouldn't be too happy about it. It only takes about 55 minutes to listen to an album, maybe two hours if you listen to it twice. I'm not sure that Swift would want anyone skipping school for her, and she has not virtually signed the tradition yet. And CNN's Marquee blog points out these fans really should stay in school. Here's an excerpt of exactly what the petition says. Note the error. Help persuade Swifties' parents to let the true Swifties stay home from school, or at least half of the school day on October 25, 2009, in order to buy Taylor's Speak Now album when the store doors open. Please sign. Of course they got the year wrong. Taylor Swift is also creating some buzz about that new album with her song Dear John, rumored to be about John Mayer, a question the Washington Post says Swift avoided actually answering. Speculation is running high that one song in particular, Dear John, is about John Mayer, sometimes Swift collaborator and rumored erstwhile boyfriend of the now 20-year-old. The lyrics include some blunt questions. Don't you think I was too young to be messed with? When Swift was asked an equally blunt question, is the song about Mayer, she avoided a direct answer. Swift's highly anticipated album will be out October 25th, much to the angst of tweens having to attend school. I'm Liz Caverly for Newsy.com. Multiple sources, the real story. National holiday, really? Really? Oh, I mean, are you my, serious? Come on. Oh, my gee, is all I have to say about that. I mean, that's almost as annoying as the Justin Bieber tweeny fans. You know, seriously. And I don't think they would ever do it. I would hope they would never do that. And I think that Taylor Swift herself should come out and say, you know, no. Come on, people, get a grip. I think it's scary how these, these young, I mean, at least it's Taylor Swift that they're idolizing and not, I mean, I don't think any human being should idolize any other human being. You know, there's only one idolize them. But uh, anyway, I'm going to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, just a national holiday, I mean, come on. And, Really? It's like you said, really? I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. Really? I don't I hope they would never do that. If they ever did that, that would be the day the United States just really went to crap. <laughs> but no, I'm surprised I'm surprised that Justin Bieber little fans haven't done something like that. Mm. Well they will like, now. <laughs> they will now, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They will now. <laughs> but I mean, I guess, I guess though that Taylor Swift would be better than uh, I don't. Well, I, I don't because Britney's cleaned up her act. Who's one that you know that would be uh, really bad for them to, to idolize? I don't know. I'm trying to think of one now because pretty much a lot of the uh, the young singers have. There's not really any young singers right now who are acting crazy that I can think of. Right. Right. So, 
It's just uh, the little starlets like Lindsay Hohan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Hohan. <laughs> All right, we have a uh, we have a uh, couple other stories here. Uh, oh, and the I uh, just saw here on Twitter that the uh, San Francisco Giants have uh, won their series uh, against the. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies. So, uh, lots of very happy Giants fans out there uh, this evening. So, uh, but we have a, a couple other stories here. Well, maybe a few other stories here. So, uh, so can we? We've talked about uh, on the show before. Uh, you know, border towns there, uh, Texas, and Mexico, and and I saw this interesting story here uh, this week of a. I think it's a new uh, police chief in uh, one of those uh, border towns. We'll talk. Well, I'll play this and we'll talk about it. Just miles from the U.S. border, the drug war in Mexico has people so scared, only one person was willing to take on the job as police chief in a small town, a 20-year-old woman who hasn't even finished college yet. I accept it because of the project. I don't know about any other, but I accept it because I like the project, and I want to collaborate and live with my people, my family, my community, the people from my town. Her town sits smack in the middle of a drug war between two rival gangs battling for control of a highway, a drug trafficking route along the Texas border. This is an area where many public officials have been killed. Marisol Garcia says she hopes to bring law and order to the town. I never thought about if I'm here today, but not tomorrow. What I say is I'm here today. For me today and what I'm going to do today is what has value. Eight officers quit in fear two years ago, leaving only three when Garcia took over. She hired ten and will add five more. She's been assigned to bodyguards but won't carry a gun. Garcia's only police experience before this was a stint as a police department secretary. Matt Friedman, the Associated Press. Uh, so, Ken, I mean, it's a it's a it's a courageous story there. I mean, it's it's dangerous down there, from what you know you're saying. I mean, I know that you're a lot closer than I am, but uh, you know, for for somebody so young to try to take on this huge task, this huge job, I mean, it's pretty admirable. Yeah, she's either really really brave or really really stupid. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe both. Maybe both. Uh, yeah, my mom was even saying that. She wants to eventually. She she thinks things are just too dangerous down here, but like right now, I'm happy down here. You know, uh, I can I understand what she's saying. I I want to too because it's so dangerous. But other things here make me happy, and I really love the area. But it, it's getting so bad, and and I don't know if it's going to get better or worse. Uh, but uh. My uh, remember how I told you we put up cameras and stuff around the house. It is so cool, crystal clear. You know, you can look on your computer, on your TV, and see what's going on all over the place. I feel like sneaky. <laughs> so now it's like a like it's a Jehovah's Witness. It's the, if the doors ring, doorbells ringing, and it's a Jeho- we can see it. Is it the Jehovah's Witness, or if it's like the mail? So we know whether or not to answer the door. <laughs> Great. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, you see. So, um, but no, I, 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 I can't believe that she's willing to do that. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, let's see here. Um, let's see, maybe a couple other uh, stories uh, here. I have a actually. Oh, did I do that right? Now there you go. Actually, I have I have a cat story for cat. <laughs> this, uh... this is from uh, London here, uh, London, and uh, this is from October twenty first. The wife of British lawmaker appeared in court Thursday, charged with breaking into the house of her husband's lover and stealing her tabby kitten worth 20 pounds. Uh, The burglaries reported uh, to have taken place on September 29. The 52-year-old was released on bail and will appear at Birmingham Magistrate's Court on uh, December 16. On his blog Thursday, the guy published a picture of the missing kitten named Beauty (laughs) and asked for anyone who had seen her to contact him at the House of Commons. I spent some time looking for the kitten, and there's a reward for this, her safe return of the kitten. Her brother, Twinkle, is pining for her. (laughs) Wow. Well, you know. You know what? Speaking of kitties and cats, you know how I have some outdoor cats that I feed? Well, one of them just had a litter of three kittens. Okay, and she's she's still outside feeding two of them, but one of them has kind of been left out in the the cold. And we could t- see that we have this neighborhood cat that's a Manx cat, the tailless cat, and he has a collar, so he belongs to somebody. But he comes once in a while to, to take some scraps of food, and he is definitely the daddy because one of these kitties doesn't have a tail, and that's the one that I have right now that the mama kind of abandoned. And uh, so right now he's in a crate, or she, I can't tell. She's so small, I can't even tell what sex it is. Uh, I'm taking care of her right now uh, to get her big and strong. The problem is, here's my problem. I've never had a Manx cat before, so I'm not sure totally what they look like in the booby area. And I think her butt is swollen. (laughs) Wow. And I'm really worried because, no, I think that cause she, when I, she had gotten stuck in some aloe plants that were around my house, like the mama was trying to get them all in our patio in the corner so she could keep them safe in here. But I think she couldn't get this last little one, and she was stuck in some aloe plants. And I think it scratched her up back there because, like, it's all swollen. And I'm very worried about her because it looks bad. But I'm feeding her with a little dropper. I'm feeding her some kitty milk with a little dropper. She's very, very cute. We're probably going to give her to my grandmother. Once, you know, she gets bigger, I'll get her shots and get her spayed and everything, or him, whatever it is. Uh, But I'm worried because, see, what happens is when you have a, a little kitten that's, you know, not being able to be weaned yet, you have to feed them, right, with the, the, the formula. And then once they finish eating, you have to wipe the butt to get them to go to the bathroom. That's how the mom teaches them how because they cats have to learn how to go to the bathroom for some reason. And the few times that I've fed her today, she hasn't been able to go to the bathroom, and I'm afraid it's too swollen down there and she can't poop, and she's going to die if I don't. So I've been putting Neosporin in that area. I don't know. Oh. Very, very sad. So I guess Monday is I'm going to have to take her to the vet. <laughs> I just thought I'd share but she's so cute. 
she's really, really cute, and she cries a lot. So my mom called her. She said she was a little Chiona, and I said, what's a Chiona? She says, like a crybaby. So I thought, let's call her Fiona. She's Fiona the Chiona. Right. Isn't right. that cute? <laughs> 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 but I'm worried wow. about her booty. I'm worried about her little booty. <laughs> and she has Ooh. no tail. No, no tail. tail? No, because, see, the Manx cats don't have a tail, but some of them have, like, the, uh, Manx cats, they have different different kind of Manx cats. Like, some have, like, no tail. Some have, like, a little nub of a tail, and some have, like, a little more of a nub. Like, uh, th- there's different names for them. I've been looking it up on the Internet. And uh, she's got, like, no tail. Unless this little protrusion from her butt is part of the nubby tail. I can't tell, but it looks like where her butt is, so that can't be her tail. So if that's not her tail, she's got, like, no tail, no nub, no nothing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So everybody out there, if you're a believer, please pray for my little Fiona the Chiona. (laughs) Fiona the Chiona. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Another word for that is Yorona. That's like a crybaby, too, Yorona. But she called her, gosh, she's like a little Chiona, because she's just like, yeah, because Manx are very, very much people cats. They love people, so she's constantly wanting attention. So I'm calling her a she when it very well be a he, but I guess I'll know in a couple weeks when she is. She hopefully <laughs> lives that long. Other than, other than the butt, she seems totally healthy and happy. Wow, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that gross talk for the show? Oh, no, no, no. This 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 show can handle anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, let me see. We have, we have time for a couple more here. I have another cat story here. And actually, it's from, it's from Britain as well. Just a woman sparked international outrage. It's a different woman, obviously. After a CCTV film of her picking up a cat and dumping it in a rubbish bin was posted on the internet, was fined 265 pounds or $420 uh, for animal cruelty on Tuesday. Amy Bale, 45, was banned from keeping animals for five years after admitting causing unnecessary suffering to the cat and a four-year-old tabby named Lola. Bale's home in Cumbertry, Central England, was at one point put under police guard after her actions shocked animal lovers and even attracted death threats. Uh, Lola was found unharmed by her owners and <laughs> crying for help inside the bin after 15 hours after she had gone missing in August. So what do you think of this woman there, Kat? You know, come on. I think they need to throw that bitch in a rubbish bin. That's what I think. <laughs> I can't stand anyone who hurts an animal. I cannot stand that. Animal cruelty and and cruelty of children, like animal abuse and child abuse, those two things, they should both, anybody who does either of those things should go to jail for the rest of their natural-born life and do hard time. 
If I was a judge and an animal abuser came in my courtroom, they would be sorry they ever met me. Because the child abusers, you can be pretty sure they're going to go to jail. But animal abuse, what she got fined four hundred and something dollars, big deal. And she, she can't have animals for five years, big deal. So what? In five years, she'll abuse more animals. I mean, she may abuse animals anyway. Somebody else. That was somebody else's cat. It wasn't even hers. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. those two things are should be punishable that to that degree, to that where you know, jail for life. If not, you know, I can't. I can't agree with the death penalty totally because of my faith. But that, that's one thing. The death penalty is like, even though because of my faith, I don't really, I can't really agree with it. It's something that I don't necessarily fight for because usually people that are being put to death are low life scum anyway, and I don't really care that much. But I probably right. never push the button or or put or to to start that what is an electric chair or actually. Put, you know, stick them with the syringe of the stuff that's going to kill them. I wouldn't actually do it, but uh, I'm not going to fight for that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, okay, well, yeah, it goes against my beliefs, but okay, oh well. <laughs> so it's like one of those things. <laughs> so, you know, because I do believe, sometimes I do believe people, and it's not right for me to think that, but I do believe sometimes people deserve to die for something they did. But really, if you look at it, that is the easy way out for for a lot of people. I mean, they, if you keep somebody in jail for the rest of their life in hard time, not easy, nothing easy, you know, really hard time, uh, you know, make them eat slop when they do eat and put them in solitary confinement, that's got to be worse than death. To me, I mean, I would think. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know we were going there with that story. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, That's how man. much animal cruelty enrages me. That's how much it enrages me. I can't imagine. You know, how can you hurt an animal? How can anybody right. hurt an animal? To me, it's like, because to me, animals represent innocence, you know, in, in, in its purest form, like babies, you know, babies are innocent. It's like the same thing. Um, so I don't know. I just, what a bitch. Just throw her in the rubbish bin. It's time to throw her in the rubbish bin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got five minutes left. Let's let's do one more. Let, let's end let's end on a good note here. And uh, All right. we'll. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I got to say this. This is a sweet story here. I got. Uh, I think. I think I got this from the Associated Press about uh, um, a nice, a nice reunion here uh, to uh, to end the show. Here, I'll play the story here. I started to run down the stairs. Almost tripped and fell down the stairs, yelling for my wife. I think I found her. I think I found found her. New Yorker John Watson says he's been given a second chance after serving in Vietnam. He came home with post traumatic stress disorder. He says he used Valium and alcohol to cope with the condition, and his family fell by the wayside. I made the decision that I just wouldn't deal with it. I'd just walk away. A very, a very foolish mistake. That was almost 40 years ago. Watson says he eventually realized his mistake and spent years looking for his daughter until he found her on Facebook and sent her a message. I must have read it maybe, I don't know, a hundred times over and over again. I was a little angry. I had a lot of questions. 
Watson worried that he'd missed both his chance to be a father and a grandfather, but his renewed relationship with his daughter and her husband has given him four grandchildren and the chance to be a family again. John Belmont, the Associated Press. So I saw that. I'm like, oh, you know, I mean, everybody, you know, there's a lot of people that say bad stuff about, you know, social media and Facebook and stuff, but that's a, that's a nice sweet small story there, don't you think, Kat? That's an awesome story. I mean, I think Facebook is is a great way to find anyone you've been looking for, you know, for a long time. Um, I love that story, actually. Facebook Facebook brought people together. <laughs> I was at Facebook. Uh, let's see before we get out of here I want to give uh, some shout outs here so at the top of the hour here the auto box is uh, back on the air here at blog talk radio so blogtalkradio.com slash auto box and Sunday mornings there our good friend uh, J-Man I'm with Stupid uh, always listens to this show so uh, you can join him and the Matt Man at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on uh, Sunday morning. And, uh, of course, of course, our good friends, Andy and Burrow Live, I think they'll be back here in this time slot next week. So uh, looking forward to their next uh, show. So uh, we got a couple minutes there left to cat. So, uh, hey, you know, it's, it's another great show. It's, it's good. So it's always a great hanging out with you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's I, I know I had fun tonight. Well, I always have fun with you. But a quick FYI about I'm with Stupid with Los Gachos. Yes, this Sunday it's at 11, but he said that starting Friday the 29th is when they start Friday night. And it'll be really? 10, 10 p.m. Central, 11 p.m. Eastern, starting Friday the 29th of October. So tune wow. in or be square. <laughs> And I had a great time. I had a great time. My favorite skeleton key. I love you very, very much, and I love everyone. Thank you so much for coming to the show. People in the chat room, thank you. My sister who came to the show, I'm so happy. I love my sister and everybody else who showed up. I love everybody. <laughs> oh, and I got I got bad news, Kat. Uh, that there, uh, I'll be. I'll I'll be off next week. I'll be I'll be out uh, partying around and in, uh, in Hershey, Pennsylvania, next uh, the end of next week. So there won't be any Saturday show. So I, I'm sorry about that, my dear. Oh well, that's okay. We'll have fun in Hershey and eat some chocolate for me. I will. I will. Just and everybody can keep track of me at uh, on Twitter at Doctor Anonymous. Uh, that's my Twitter handle and DrAnonymous.com and. Uh, so that'll be that'll be a good time for all because I'll be posting a lot of stuff. Awesome! I can't wait to read it. All right, guys, we got one minute left. So uh, thanks again for for being on, and uh, you know, another another great show here uh, here tonight. Uh, we should we should definitely do this more often. But you know, when when I'm around and when you're not working, and we'll have a good time as usual. Amen, brother. <laughs> Until next time, darling. Goodbye. Mwah. <laughs> all right. Good night, Kat. Good night. Uh, all right, kids. So that uh, ends my show here uh, this evening. So, uh, so thank you all for uh, hanging out with me and uh, keep track of me at uh, DrAnonymous.com, uh, DrAnonymous.net, DrAnonymous.org. Thanks a lot, everybody, for joining me. And uh, I will uh, see everybody down the road there a little bit. 
Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Good night, everybody.